Hello, hello, and welcome to another Hometown Daily News Show. I am Mayor Watt. Today's episode is for November 8th, 2022, and the title is Player vs. Environment Takes Down Racing Game, Crowfall, Crypto, Tesla, and More News. The music actually cut out right when I finished that. <laughs> so there was a little bit too much silence at the beginning of this episode. Hello, everybody who might stumble across this podcast, this uh, VOD, this stream, the YouTube channel. I am Merwad. That is hometown.com, and that's what powers this. I actually left this like this because... There's a, a title here <laughs> that I didn't want to include. There wasn't much to go on. I didn't want to click the link and follow it and whatever. I don't know what the con. This is a risky click even within Omtown. But this person sells feet pics on the side and describes how they find buyers, set prices, and make sure that no one can identify them. So if you're interested in a side gig, and it's a little bit literal for boots on the ground. Maybe in the air. I don't know where else, but anyway. Go over to hometown, do a search. That said, let's get into today's news. I already have about 10 articles. And the first article is Electronic Arts kills one of the best racing series of all time. Electronic Arts has confirmed that it's halting development of Project Cars Racing series, telling Games Industry that after evaluating the next game in the series and its long-term future, we've made the decision to stop further development and investment in the franchise. <sighs> so if you've invested in any of this, it's coming to an end. Park the cars. Maybe they'll be antiques and you'll be able to re resell them later. It says it, but things began to change a couple years later. Codemasters acquired Project Cars developer Slightly Mad Studios in 2019, and then EA acquired Codemasters in 2021. Project Cars 3, meanwhile, abandoned the diehard sim approach of the first two games in favor of something more action-focused. And I guess that, well, I don't know. Drained all the horsepower off. I don't know what to say. Uh, but it's a bummer. Uh, I'm not too fixated on any one particular product. But when I hear of something, particularly competition, this is a victim of competition. Mergers and acquisitions usually ruins competition. But sometimes a company just isn't interested in all of the hustle, trying to chase after some money and they'll get acquired by somebody uh, aqua hire kind of thing and uh, eventually the parent company decides to go off on their own and this is what happens andy chalk over at pc gamer is reporting this the next project cars game has been canceled and ea will not invest any further in the series they've got a video from Project Cars 2. And let's see here. We're focusing on our, this is what EA said. We're focusing our strengths on uh, 
racing portfolio, particularly licensed IP and open world experiences and expanding our franchises to be more socially led with long-term live services that will engage global communities. Read that. We want you to have to keep on paying. Games are at the heart of sports. This is continued. Games are at the heart of sports and racing entertainment and with shifting, <laughs> get it? Cause it's a car racing. Maybe they didn't, they probably didn't mean to actually say that. Um, shifting fan expectations. We recognize the need to evolve our games beyond pure play, providing experiences for fans to also watch, create and connect with their friends, which apparently we can't do. If I don't know, you play the game and you stream it on Twitch. We have no, no idea how to watch, create and connect with our friends. I don't know, connect everything together and make it something that you can do together. There's always a way. There's always a way. So it says here, it's been quite a ride for Project Cars series, which debuted to acclaim in 2015 and by 2022 was summarily dragged out to the field and shot. The next article is uh, another dragging it out into the field and shooting it fiasco, I suppose. Um, PVP MMO Crowfall is being shut down indefinitely to save it. Kickstarted MMO Crowfall is shutting down this month after launching just over a year ago. Developer Monumental shared the news with players on Monday. I got one of those letters, uh, giving them only a couple of weeks to make the most out of the game before going dark on November 22nd. Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, this is not unusual on its own. It's a tragically common fate for online games, but what makes this instance stand out is that the team isn't calling it quits. According to that letter, by the way, that's true. Quote, one of the biggest challenges has been the sheer amount of development effort required to build new campaigns and keep the game running daily. Reads the announcement. So if by the time they bring this back on board, they haven't been acquired by somebody, I don't know, like EA, and then within five years dragged out the game, dragged down and shot summarily. I'd be surprised. One of the biggest challenges has been the sheer amount of development effort required to build new campaigns and keep the game running daily. Reads the announcement. In order to refocus our efforts from live operations to development, we have decided to take the Crowfall live service offline for the time being. People would have been absolutely content. Short of babysitting the server and making it keep running. Believe me, I've got experience in this. Not at the gaming level. It was actually a product as a service that I was offering. A product and a service, as a matter of fact. Anyway, so Crowfall will be back, according to the developer. No hint about when or where or will. Who knows? But at some point, maybe we'll see Crowfall take off. <laughs> Once again. This article... The one about PVP MMO Crowfall being shut down indefinitely. Uh, uh, this is kind of the thing that, you know, we're we're burying it to keep it alive, apparently. Um, or I don't know what to say about this. So, Fraser Brown or Fraser Brown is the author over at PC Gamer. 
and they go into some greater detail about this. Uh, but I got one of these emails and I was always, I just kind of stumbled around this. What in the world? We're shutting it down to save it. All right. It's also worth noting that Monumental has not been particularly communicative. Monumental acquired Crowfall from original developer Artcraft in December 2021. Here we go again. And at first posted updates quite regularly, especially in March of 2022. Until yesterday's announcement, however, the last update on the Crowfall website was from April. The same, ago, the same goes for its social media presence. I'm not sure how many people are part of Monumental. Somebody let me know in chat. I don't know if anybody's in chat, but that's okay. This is a one hour show and I give very little if at all any warning that the show is about to start. And I'm sorry about that. It's just the nature of the beast. At any rate, um, hope to see people show up at 6 p.m. Eastern. This next article, we've talked about this before, um, but not particularly AI, but this is going to tease you into something else later on in the stream. Uh, this is in the word in tech. This AI powered image editor can help online vendors create unique product shots. I think this is pretty neat. It's called photo room as a new feature. I'm just going to go straight over to the article. And it says this AI powered image editor can help online vendors create unique product shots. Creating uh, cursed mashups is Dolly in Dolly is entertaining and all, but it's a good, it's good to remind you that uh, AI generated images have practical real world applications. I'm kind of ad libbing their little uh, summary. Jess Weatherbed is the author is the author of this um, to use the feature which is powered by the open source text to image AI stable diffusion. Users ha first have to upload their image to the product uh, of their product. They'll then be prompted to describe the item in a single word, like bottle, sneaker, lipstick, according to the article and describe a desired background or setting. Um, and the feature then automatically removes the background, places the item in the new newly generated setting and sends the images via email to the user within a few minutes. Magic Studio can't be used on shots of humans or animals. That's a bummer. So there you have it. They have an example of photo room um, on the site. And it just shows a, a plain old tennis shoe, multiple colors. I think they chose that to highlight that it's quite extraordinary in its editing of the background, removing it and then placing it onto a, what looks like a, maybe a tennis court. I'm not sure what that is. Um, might show me exactly. Uh, that might actually tell you that I don't really know what the heck might be going on in that picture. They did place that very colorful sneaker on a pure white gray kind of background. So foreground and background. So it's somewhat easy to chop it out. But at any rate, it's pretty neat. You just take a picture of it and slam it's wherever else. That's pretty, 
pretty cool. I dig this. I really do. Um, and AI, oh, I did it again. You fly too close to the sun, Marowat. You just do it every time. As you approach the bottom of a Verge article, it slams like 15 pages worth of stuff at the bottom. At any rate, tools like Magic Studio play into a larger conversion conversation Sorry about the commercial use of AI-generated imagery. So what they are saying here is actually something that I'm about to talk about. So stick around and listen to the rest of this. Um, there's all kinds of tools. They have more uh, that they talk about in this article, but mid journey, Dolly, stable diffusion and others. Magic studio is just a, a riff off of Dolly, but there are other AIs out there as well. Um, that are making inroads in music, in art, in writing, in commercial imagery, all kinds of stuff. But it poses a problem, particularly with copyright. And that is right now, the law doesn't allow for assignment of copyright to anything but humans. So you have to create the work. And if it's an AI that's creating the actual work, it's not done by a human. It's done by proxy of humans. So who owns the copyright? Let's get into it. In the word in tech, the lawsuit that could rewrite the rules of AI copyright. So Microsoft, its subsidiary GitHub and its business partner, OpenAI have been targeted in a proposed class action lawsuit, alleging that the company's creation of AI powered coding assistant GitHub Copilot relies on software piracy on an unprecedented scale. The case is only in its earliest stages, but it could have a huge effect on the broader world of AI, where companies are making fortunes, training software on copyrighted, copy protected rights, held and reserved data. So this article is over at the verge as well. James Vincent is the author and, um, Copilot, which was unveiled by Microsoft-owned GitHub in June 2021, is trained on public repositories of code scraped from the web, many of which are published with licenses that require anyone reusing the code to credit its creators, Copilot, or it's reserved it, and they've published it so that people can see it, but you don't have the rights to use the works. Just because it's on the web, and I'm saying this to actual people that I know, just because it's on the web does not make it copyright free. You have not been allowed to use it just because it's posted online. There's an ethical compass. <clears throat> so if you are adding value to it <clears throat> and you're using it in an educational sense and you are like I am talking about the material and rather transformative in what it what you are really talking about little snippets of information not the entirety of the thing you don't have the rights to consume it wholesale and publish it and republish it and, and sell it and, and make money and all of that you just don't including the artwork and whatever else right so 
if somebody is scooping it all and see now the reason why i bring this all up is because i know people who believe that just because something is posted on the internet it's entirely free and even in the educational sense of it where profit isn't made you can't use it wholesale there are limits but those limits are nebulous so that's why people think eh, i can just take everything wholesale that's not how it works it really isn't so a little snippet here a little snippet there it's not a big deal you know but add value to it transform it you can talk about it although some might find that even talking about it <laughs> might be an issue but then you can take down the stuff if they ask you to take down the stuff but you have to be somewhat willing to do that you know somebody shows up in my chat and says hey i don't like my stuff being displayed fine i'll even take it down i'll talk about it all kinds of hell man even little snippets i'll still end up talking about it i'll even show little snippets of it i just won't show the whole thing why because it's still newsworthy and it's worth talking about but books entire books right entire unmodified versions of music you know without mixes and stuff i think mixes you should be allowed to mix music i just i don't get it i mean there are other people out there that have created music and just because they're not discovered means that they can't be seen they can't be heard right Somebody else created a work that sounds exactly like this or that or whatever. And because nobody's heard it, suddenly the copyright doesn't exist or whatever, right? You can't mutually create. Anyway, so it says here, we are challenging the legality of GitHub Copilot, said programmer and lawyer Matthew Butterick, who filed the lawsuit with the help of San Francisco based uh, Joseph Savari, sorry, Savari law firm in a press statement. This is the first step in what will be a long journey. As far as we know, this is the first class action case in the U.S. challenging the training and output of AI systems. It will not be the last. AI systems are not exempt from the law. Those who create and operate these systems must remain accountable. So it says here from Tim Davis, who is Doc Sparse on Twitter. Um, they don't have a blue check though. So obviously they're not valid, right? They're not, that's not legit that they, they, they're not verified. So they, they're not a real, they're just a bot, right? That's, is that the implication of the credit card swipe for the $8 check? Anyway, at GitHub copilot with quote unquote public code blocked emits large chunks of this person's copyrighted code with no attribution, no LGPL license. For example, the simple prompt sparse matrix transpose CS underscore produces their CS transpose in C sparse. Their code on the left, GitHub on the right, not okay. That's their quote. That's their observation. That is their code. This is why I have a problem with being told that the ads that are being displayed to me via Google or other services 
aren't using the content of my email is, I think, complete BS. But whatever. Man, this is going to be such an expensive lawsuit. So it says this interview has been edited for clarity and brevity. So that apparently wasn't an interview. They say, first, I want to talk about the reaction from the AI community a little, a little bit. Uh, from people who are advocates for this technology, the author found one uh, comment that they think is representative of one's reaction to the case, which says Butterick's goal here is to kill transformative ML use of data, such as source code or images forever. And Matthew Butterick is asked, what do you think about that, Matthew? Is that your goal? If not, what is? And Matthew Butterick, there's a there's an interview here after this discussion, so you can go over to The Verge and check it out. And it's uh, going to be an interesting conversation, I think. And Matthew Butterick says, uh, in response to, are you trying to kill transformative machine learning use of data such as source code or images forever? Matthew Butterick says, I think it's really simple. AI systems are not magical black boxes that are exempt from the law. And the only way we're going to have a responsible AI is if it's fair and ethical for everyone. So the owners of these systems need to remain accountable. This isn't a principle we're making out of whole cloth and applying just applying to AI. It's the same principle we apply to all, all kinds of products, whether it's food, pharmaceuticals, or transportation. And I agree. I mean, if this wasn't something where uh, it, it, okay so let me just back up here they have public code blocked on github and the only reason why that ai has access is because it has the ability to parse the back end if not for the rather unhinged access to this raw code, they would not be able to do this. And it's the same thing I feel about training on data, other data sets that are privileged information, unless, and it's the same thing that I have a problem with where 700,000 people are experimented on psychologically on Facebook or large data sets are just given to third parties at Facebook. Is this really? It's starting to drop bandwidth and whatnot. Ah, it's so frustrating. I just, I don't understand Twitch sometimes. There's like no reason for it to be doing this, but here we are. Anyway, let me get back into it. I have a problem with um, my data being shared without my authorization, even on a free service, I should be able to say where my information is doled out. Why not? What if I don't want my aggregated, personally identifiable information, which it tends to be? There are research studies where they've de-anonymized medical information based on public information. I, I want to be in control of my information. And I'm actually paying for services on various websites. Are they still using my information? And how do I verify that my personal information isn't being consumed still? 
you know, there are people out there that don't trust politics, but I don't trust little sister more than I don't trust big brother, right? Little sister has a financial prompt for manipulating and, and abusing my personally identifiable information. The government just doesn't want somebody to sit there and blow up a building. So little sister is the one that I worry about. Not big brother. Big brother doesn't care. You know, what I look at, what I read, who I talk to, etc. until they have an actual rationale, another, uh, an, a real reason. But profit, man, that, that, oh, look at all that money. I, they'll never know that I'm abusing the back end of GitHub, right? No. Well, we'll have to monitor that lawsuit and see what shakes out from it. The next article is in the Mobile channel. Uh, Tesla stock is plummeting and Reddit investors are blaming Musk's Twitter chaos. There are other people that are on Facebook and YouTube and elsewhere that are sitting there saying that there's been nothing but a huge bump in engagement, except that there are people that are just leaving Twitter um, that want to protest that it's been privatized in any form of transparency is seemingly gone but it's a short time who knows what's going to shake out from this uh, but we'll see but tesla stock plummeting tesla stock is in the toilet and meme stock investors of reddit are unhappy the electric companies the electric car companies stock has struggled this year but investors are selling what they have amid musk's so far tumultuous Twitter takeover, which has brought the stock down to a 17 month low over on wall street bets subreddit. Some people have been left holding the bag and are doing one of the only things they can do post about it. Uh, if you've never gone to wall street bets, eh, go check it out. If you're interested, Matthew Galt over at vice.com motherboard by vice. Let's see something real quick. I didn't look up Tesla stock here. So it's down another six bucks to 191.30. Over the last five days, it's down 35 bucks. I round up a little bit because, you know, because I can. Let's see. In six months, it's down uh, 71 year to date. Yeah. Why do I not have? Let's do one year. The one year um, period, year over year, is 150 bucks down. And, uh, but it's still up 171 bucks. So all of you who got in at 20 bucks, good for you. Good for you. And if you made it in at 10 bucks. Yeah. So if you've been around for a decade, you got it at under five bucks. So good for you. Just know that it's down six bucks today. Anyway, um, Tesla stock is in the toilet. I don't know about that. Long-term investors are holding fast, I'm sure. If you're trying to do marginal investing, you're going to kind of end up in trouble because uh, it's going to be volatile for a little while until the stability of Twitter and anything associated with Elon Musk um, levels off. So a top comment on one popular thread asking why Tesla's stock has fallen reads because you can't short Twitter, that's why. Another user replied, literally though, a massive part of TSLA valuation 
is the brand always has been and a large percent of the brand is musk which is why most ceos kind of shut the hell up and do their job and walk away with a pretty golden parachute at least most do but when you're a billionaire and i think trending towards sociopathic yeah you can do and say whatever you want and when somebody argues with you you can turn them off on your freedom of speech platform <laughs> oh god i did actually blurt that out didn't i Man, let's move on uh, the next article is in the smack talk channel this these are all by the way over on showbot so if you go to hometown.showbot.tv you can vote on the articles that you find interesting or the conversation that you find interesting it's a good way to segment the show um, but all of them are there. And if you hit exclamation point showbot in my chat, it'll actually give you that link. Um, anyway, this next article is over in the Smack Talk channel. World's first foldable iPhone wasn't made by Apple. Over, or after over 200 days of trial and error, an engineer has been able to create a folding iPhone using custom parts and a hinge from a Motorola Razor. That's the go-to for all quality phones. The Razor was awesome. Um, let's see here. Creative engineers love to build Frankenstein-like Apple devices like iPhones with USB-C ports or Mac mini with M1 processor stuffed into old iMac cases. The latest creation comes from a Chinese YouTuber called Scientific and Technological Aesthetics who tried to build the rumored iPhone Fold. This YouTuber had a goal of building a foldable iPhone while preserving as many parts from the original device as possible. As part of the design criteria, it had to be soft enough to bend while retaining the touch functionality. This article is by Wesley Hilliard over at appleinsider.com, by the way. Um, there is an actual video, so go and check it out. Um, it looks like they sawed an iPhone in half and then used some parts. I'm not sure how far they bend it. I'm not going to watch the video. That's for you to do. Um, I'll watch it uh, off stream. And uh, I urge you to go and watch it too. The tiny custom battery was built with only 1,000 milliamp hour of capacity and a quarter of most phone iPhones. One speaker was removed and all wireless charging and MagSafe components were discarded too. That's a bummer. Um, pretty neat. You can go and get pictures of it and whatnot over at Apple Insider. Uh, the next article is in the continuity report drake and 21 savage sued for four million dollars by condé nast over a fake vogue cover used to promote her loss this isn't just a continuity report thing this is a rights protect thing that i have a, a multitude of channels um, that have different um uh, folk folk i guess you could say but anyway one of them is right protect um and uh, Right Protect is all about uh, copyright, IP, trademarks, things like that, but not in the business sense. Really, it's just in the Rights Protect sense for people who are interested in that kind of thing. Um, I am a proponent of uh, supporting the creator space. I, I like to talk about the news. I add value to it at least from my perspective of it um and uh, i try and follow as many rules as possible 
um, while still having the ability to uh, talk about the news from the source and, and not just make stuff up and then have to justify it by saying, well, I read it over here or I did it over there. And a lot of news organizations kind of trade on that. They, they share information um, either willingly or by proxy, you know, so-and-so said this over here at that. Um, but this article, uh, for instance, is in the continuity report channel, but it's sourced from variety.com. And um, let's go over there. I guess her name is Tanya Garcia. It's T-H-A-N-I-A. -A. Um, and I actually read about this somewhere else. And then as I was going through the last 24 hours of news, I found it in my aggregator, um, and, which I think is kind of interesting. I guess I'm on the right target for relevant information. But what was interesting, what I saw was actually this. Uh, and not an article. I, I saw this, which was a stack of Vogue magazines, but <laughs> promoting a, a, an album. Um, and it says, uh, me and my brother on newsstands tomorrow is the tweet. And it says the legal docs further emphasize Wintour had no involvement in her loss or its promotion and did not endorse it in any way, adding the result was unmistakable confusion among the public, including media that anticipated Drake and 21 Savage as Vogue's new cover stars. Condé Nast was in communication with both rappers in the weeks leading up to the release of her loss, but the suit claims that the duo's flippant disregard for Condé Nast's rights have left it with no choice but to commence this action. The global media company is seeking at least $4 million in damages or triple the defendant's profits from their album and counterfeit magazine. They are also asking for the fake magazine images to be removed from the rapper's social media and websites, punitive damages, and termination of any other trademark infringement. Man. That's really, that's kind of shocking, I mean. It says here, the two rappers created and distributed counterfeit issues of Vogue that were distributed in North America's largest metropolitan areas alongside posters of the faux cover. Those magazines included a photoshopped collage of Drake posing with young Vogue editor-in-chief Anna Winter. Drake posted photos of the fake magazine cover to his Instagram, writing, me and my brother on newsstands tomorrow. Hey. Want to know how you see, but they're, they're going to get a lot of credit out of it. They're going to get, oh, this is a really good prank from a lot of people that are in their camp, you know, interested in their music or interested in their personalities. Um, but, you know, you got to protect your rights as a rights holder. And so that's exactly what they're going to be doing. Um, unfortunately, in this next article uh, in Far Weekly, which is about federal acquisition regulation, federal contracting in particular, um, my aggregator, when it interacts with the source, which is the uh, federal news network, um, it, it kind of munges some of their stuff, which is the link to their podcast. Um, haven't yet been able to remedy that, mainly because I haven't tracked down how they are providing that information so that I can display it or not display it properly. At any rate, um, the Navy is going to break up some big contracts 
to increase small business participation because you see not every small business has the ability to jump through the flaming hoops of government contracting and a lot of government contracting won't go to small businesses unless they are part of a small business set aside so it says this fiscal year the navy will take five large contracts and break them up into smaller awards so that small businesses and others can compete for this work um, now a government small business is not the same as your neighborhood small business in your small town sometimes it's to the tune of millions of dollars um, but it says uh, we know that the primes are going to the subs anyway contracting with them directly smith said during afcea's nova's 25th uh, sorry october 25th naval it day in mclean texas sorry virginia mclean virginia um i'm not sure why i said texas maybe texas is on my mind Anyway, um, you can save the pass through money and get more capability and more service out of that dollar than just giving a bonus to the industry partner to just pass that money through and take that percentage off the top. So again, we're serious about making sure that small businesses have an opportunity to do business with the federal government. They say us, so I'm adding better context here. So in a follow-up interview with Federal News Network, Smith said that the Navy can't finalize the five prime contracts it will break up due to ongoing continuing resolution that prevents new spending in fiscal 2023. So you can't spend money in a year that you're not in or create a new contract in a year you're not in wherein the spending might violate the budget um, and it would be referred to as an anti-deficiency act violation um, basically the money has to be there it has to be put aside for that particular contract um, or in process for that contract um, so they'll figure it out it'll get done maybe something will be worded differently so that it doesn't violate anything uh, but it says uh Quote, I can't pull the trigger on a new contract and tell you which ones those are that we are going to break down and break into many parts until we get past the continuing resolution, which I think is somewhere in December. I, I, I don't recall off the top of my head right now. Uh, but yeah, we keep messing around, kicking the can of the continuing resolution um, issue. We don't lock a budget down. We basically just kick it down the road for, you know, two months here, three months there, a few weeks there, and then we get a budget and then the budget needs to be renewed. And pretty much we're going to be kicking the can down the road until the next budget needs to be approved. And then we're in deep kimchi. And that's spicy cabbage for you out there. I've never heard of kimchi and it's delicious. It is. So I used to eat it just straight out of a glass or uh, if it was cooked fresh, right? I mean, just big pile of it all by itself. Nothing, no rice, no nothing. It was yummy. Anyway, haven't done it in a while. Let's move on to the next article. Only have two more articles. Um, this has come up a couple of times before we were talking about Figma. I, for some reason, I had Figma mixed with another business and then I corrected that. And uh, we were talking about what Figma is and why Adobe might 
be purchasing. But this here says why Figma is selling to Adobe for $20 billion or uh, one really long running Powerball. Just kidding. Powerball was $2 billion. And uh, a, I, I guess a ticket in LA, Los Angeles here in uh, California. Um, won it. Somebody, somebody just became a, a, nearly a billionaire overnight. At any rate, let's go over to this article. It's over at The Verge. Why Figma is selling to Adobe for $20 billion with CEO Dylan Field. And they also talk about AI and VR. Uh, but they know why you're here. I guess it's to talk about Figma. So Dylan Field is the co-founder and CEO of Figma, which makes a very popular design tool that allows designers and their collaborators to all work together in the web browser or in a web browser. Uh, you know how multiple people can edit together in Google Docs. Figma is that for design work. They just redesigned the Verge. They used Figma extensively throughout that process. So bing, bing. There you go. By the way, this is um, Decoder with uh, Neelay Patel. And you can go and subscribe to that podcast. I'm not going to go through the entire thing. Um, and, uh, and in fact, I'm not even going to go through this whole thing uh, with you. It, it basically, at, at one point here at the very end, before you get into the question and answer uh, section, it says Dylan's. Also a pretty expansive thinker. So after they talked about his company getting that FU money from Adobe, they talked about making VR Figma for the metaverse and AGI, which is an artificial general intelligence, um, or the kind of AI that can fully think for itself, which uh, sentient <laughs> auto learning AI is kind of scary and creepy. And uh, it says this episode takes a turn I think you're going to like it. So I'm just going to end that discussion right there. And I'm going to prompt you go and check it out. Um, I've listened to it. I'm, I'm fascinated. Um, but I, you know, I don't recall if they are, uh, forbidden for X number of years to, um, create some derivative work, but a VR Figma, <laughs> Uh, wow. Um, as long as it's re high enough resolution, uh, a VR based Figma would be um, spectacular for the evolution of um, anything metaverse. And again, I'm going to reiterate that I hate the idea that when I say metaverse, somebody mentions a particular company. The metaverse is a concept. A plurality of providers not just one company and no one company should be in charge of quote unquote the metaverse and if anybody says otherwise kiss my butt my shiny metal butt my shiny VR butt which I hope to create in Figma how about that anyway using AGI Anyway, um, I'm just going to skip this. Keep on going to the next article. The word in tech 
In World First trial, lab-grown blood was just injected into two people. In World First, two people were injected with red blood cells grown in a lab as a part of a clinical trial, and the research team announced this week. It's the first step towards seeing if lab-grown blood cells are safe and work in the body, which would be a major advance for people living with rare blood types or blood disorders. And goes well beyond that. Lab-grown blood would el eliminate the whole need, potentially, for um, human-drawn blood, right? If we can create a synthetic blood cell that mimics the human blood cell, then we no longer, or I should say, even affords people the time to uh, grow blood cells within their own body naturally and they're healthy so that they can process the bad blood cells out you know there we have processes um, that cause blood cells to die off and hopefully something like this would allow somebody to get lab grown blood and do an infusion so that they can survive without having to tap literally a human being and then all of that blood has to be scrubbed and 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 processed so that it can be injected into a human it it's a process so it says the world's leading research lays the groundwork on the manufacture of red blood cells that can safely be used to transfuse people with disorders like sickle cell and i was actually going to mention sickle cell but let's just keep going there here's the the, the source for this article is The Verge again. I have kind of a heavy Verge day, I guess. I'm on The Verge. Um, Nicole Wetzman is the author of this. And um, if these are safe, then lab-grown blood could help a tremendous amount of people. We would be able to grow lab-grown blood and keep it on hand to a greater extent because we wouldn't have to draw it from people. And if there was a natural disaster or an accident uh, somewhere on a freeway, we wouldn't have to sit there and hope that we have blood sitting in the ED and we could just pull people in, give them the blood they need, put them in a position of stability and then not have to worry about it because we always have the blood cells ready. So the milestone in this trial comes after decades of work trying to figure out how to grow blood cells in a lab in the first place. The cells used in the trial were grown from stem cells taken from the blood of adult donors. The research team needed 500,000 stem cells to create 50 billion red blood cells, according to the BBC. See how I said earlier about how people take information from other places and they add value to it or they consolidate it in some way so that it makes better sense. I'm doing similar. Hopefully you'll get something out of this article, out of this discussion, uh, out of the context that I give. Um, of that volume, 15 billion cells were at the right stage of a development for transfusion. And for context, healthy adults have about three to five million red blood cells per cubic millimeter of blood. But this is a process. So by no means is this where we're going to end up. It used to be for diabetes, we used to have insulin at a limited volume. And then we developed technology that allowed us to create insulin in a massive amount. 
and the price plummeted and then greedy bastards started charging because you'll pay whatever you have to pay to not die but greedy bastards sociopaths being what they are follow this wingnut perspective that greed is good and we even create movies that hero worship that mantra and I am going to end my stream with that. That's right. I'm Audi. The infusions, uh, right after this statement, the infusions were part of a clinical trial run by NHS Blood and Transplant, which is looking to see how long lab-grown cells last in the body compared with uh, donated, human-donated cells. The trial will enroll at least 10 people, and each will get a few teaspoons of manufactured blood. Sign me up. I'll do it. That's not quite true. I don't know. I don't really need it. I'd rather go to somebody that does need it. If you do this kind of thing, by the way, if there is a pro, if this actually works, maybe it can be applied to those who have um, cancer because there's this thing called cell-free cancer. Um, it's flow. Uh, blood is contains little fragments and uh, based on some of the research that I've read, the, those free-floating cancer cells can bond and grow. And uh, if we can filter out the blood, get the you know quote-unquote bad blood out, and put in this blood, and it allows people to remanufacture healthy blood, filter out the bad blood, maybe, just maybe, we can scrub blood easier than doing chemo. Chemo kills everything. Like it, it is, it's, chemo is not healthy for the human body. And I wish people didn't have to go through it. Maybe this can help. Anyway, again, I'm done for the day. Go and check out this article. Uh, in world first trial, lab grown blood was just injected into two people. It's from The Verge by Nicole Wetzman. All right, folks. This has been the Omtown Daily News Show. I am Marwat. That is omtown.com. Go become a citizen. Come back tomorrow, 6 p.m. I'll see you. Bye bye.